Welcome to the Imposter to Unstoppable podcast, where physicians can learn how to overcome imposter syndrome and create the career of their dreams. Dr. Latifa, also known as Money Fit MD, is a practicing gastroenterologist. She is also a money and mindset coach. She uses her extensive knowledge about personal finance and skill set as a certified life coach. She partners with women physicians to diagnose and treat the root cause of their money problems. Dr. Latifa and I have a wonderful and enlightening conversation that, of course, includes imposter syndrome, money, and coaching. Welcome, everybody. We have a very special episode planned today. I am here with Dr. Latifa, who's also known as Money Fit MD. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me here. Thank you for being here. So let's just jump right and talk to me about your experiences with imposter syndrome. Where would you like to start from? <laughs> you know, right? It's probably a long story, right? <laughs> a long story. Like you mentioned, I'm Dr. Latifat. I'm a gastroenterologist. I live in Sacramento and I am also a money and mindset coach, so money fit MD. That's what I go by in that fair. And as a gastroenterologist, as a woman of color, I feel like I have had to deal with imposter syndrome at every point in my life, really, especially as I've gotten more and more time in medicine and I've expanded into other things outside of medicine where you kind of look around and there aren't too many people that look like you, right? Mm -hmm. So there always is a sense of, do I actually belong here? Am I supposed to be here? You know, this is odd. Well, a lot of people have a different gender or different ethnicity. And I Mm -hmm. think for those reasons, those are the factors that, remind me of the imposter syndrome and I mean I know that everybody has their own thing right no matter what race or culture you're from Mm -hmm. but yes absolutely every step of the way even I was talking to a friend of mine today when I decided to become a gastroenterologist I felt like it was a failure on my part that I wasn't being a primary care doctor Mm -hmm. because the way I wasn't seeing too many black GI doctors around me so you sort of like get in those rooms and you're almost like fake it till you almost make it yeah (laughs) lack of a better term yeah. So that's definitely been interesting to me. So how long have you had this job also as a money and mindset coach? So I've been coaching people informally on their money for about two years now, mm-hmm. but I officially decided to become a certified life coach because I was finding there was a lot of mindset stuff mm-hmm. that was coming up in money. So I've been doing that this year in terms of sort of growing my business a lot more just because there's so much need around. Yeah, which there certainly is. And that's amazing. So when you started to branch outside of clinical medicine, did you find that those thoughts of imposter syndrome crept in a bit more than you had been used to in your careers in medicine? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, if I talk about the business part of my life, which is the money, the coaching part of the entrepreneur part of things, right? There aren't too many people that look like me in that space yet. We are growing. We're trying to attract more people, right? But you get in those spaces and you're like, this is not, looks like it's not for me. It's not made for me. I feel like the outsider here. I feel like the outlier here. And uh, so, yes, absolutely. As, as I've gotten deeper into it, it's gotten more comfortable because I've gotten to know people and also gotten to work on my own self, on my mm-hmm. own mindset, mm-hmm. as well as just understand and accept that I truly do belong here. So I'm not an imposter. Yeah. I'm actually here to stay. So That's amazing. So how did you go from that, you know, looking around and saying, do I belong here? I'm an outsider to saying, like, I'm going to put my stake in the ground and I do belong here and other people like me belong here. 
I think the first step is really remembering why you're doing what you're doing mm -hmm. and understanding that it's sort of like you know the result you're trying to create, right? And everything else is a process. And if you're so sure of the result you're trying to create, you're sure of your why. You know there's a need for this. There's a reassurance or comfort that comes from going to a place where you walk into a room and everybody feels like they look like you or it mm -hmm. feels like this is home. But at the same time, I've gotten to the place where I've coached myself and taught myself that when I get into a room where there's no one that looks like me, that means I need to be here and bring in people yeah. that look like me because we need to blow this place up in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> what an incredible mindset shift that is. And that is like a, the switch that from really from disempowering to empowering. And that's the message that I think we need to hear right now is if you look around and you're the only one like you, everyone else is missing out, you know, you, and you, thank goodness you walked in, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely don't want to paint a rosy picture of that mm -hmm. process. That process is not pretty. It's not cute, right? It's filled with anxiety. <laughs> it's not. It's filled with anxiety. It's filled with stress, with palpitations, with tears, right? And that's why it's really important to to surround yourself outside of that space with people that actually believe in you, people that know you, people that trust you. So that when you have moments where you're like, okay, this is too hard. This is too uncomfortable. I just can't do this. They're like, slap your some sense into you and like, mm -hmm. no girl, get back in there. You belong in there. Like if you give up right now, what's going to happen to the next person coming? If they give up and give up, right? How are we going to move further? How are we going to get closer to what we all need to be? So absolutely, it's not pretty, but having support is huge and priceless. Yeah. In my experience, it's a place of vulnerability, especially to venture outside of clinical practice and do anything on the side. How did you find a group of people you were comfortable with sharing that vulnerability with? I think it starts small, like anything mm -hmm. else. So for me, it starts at home. For me, that started with actually my spouse, my husband. He is the biggest butt kicker in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell people if I don't want to do something, I don't tell my husband because if I tell him, it's going to encourage me until I do it. So it starts from there. It starts on the people that are outside of that space that know you, your friends, your community, anybody mm -hmm. that believes in you and can remind you of who you truly are and what they see in you and your potential. Mm -hmm. And then once those people kick you out of the house, then you can start to look around find people that maybe are welcoming, right? While yeah. you're trying to figure out yourself, but you have to get yourself to the point where you're not relying on external factors or other people to validate you. You have to make sure you get yourself to the point where you're like, you know what? I'm here. I got this. I can do this. And why do I have to change myself? Why do mm -hmm. I have to fit in? Why don't you guys try to fit into my sphere, right? Yeah. So it's sort of that shift where you have to empower yourself, get confident in yourself. And that's a minute by minute thing that, you know, goes up and down. You may have moments where you don't feel like it. But the bottom line is you need to build that up for yourself. And whether people want you there or not, you just go in there. Yeah, I talk about this a lot because it's, a, it's the matter of telling yourself a different story, really. And we're so used to telling ourselves like the worst possible story when in fact we could tell any story we want and they're all equally true. And I think that for many women, we think like, oh, that's being like, overly optimistic or that's being like we're delusional but we're delusional either way we're just either positively delusional or negatively de delusional might as well pick a good story right yeah and it makes it harder because like you were saying your brain finds evidence right it finds proof mm -hmm. and especially when there is proof of those things right when there's proof of past experiences of yourself or other people it makes it more challenging to get over that hump yeah. and you require even that much more confidence that much more coaching 
and self-coaching in order to be able to, because there is evidence for it, right? So that's mm-hmm. the fact that it makes it hard, but then you have to get to the point where you're like, okay, there is evidence. I promise it is. But even if there is 1% chance that I can make it in here, I'm going in there and I'm going to find the evidence so I can mm-hmm. become someone else's evidence. Exactly. So that's been my, yeah. That, that's awesome. So going back to your job as a gastroenterologist, do you think that... Any of your experiences going through training and medical school prepared you to branch outside of clinical practice and ha- and feel those things as imposter syndrome? No, none of it. No. <laughs> so true. It's a none whole different it. world. Whole different world. None of it. In fact, it's the opposite. Yeah. Right. So we as physicians are normally the way we are made the way we're built we're hardworking, we're persistent so if you were to take us as college students or pre-meds we have the ability to be the best entrepreneurs ever mm-hmm. however medical education teaches us to fit in a box mm-hmm. teaches us not to speak our truth whatever that is right teaches us that we have to speak how it is to not be humble right to mm-hmm. talk about what you're doing is to be braggy which is so essentially medical education is about unlearning how yeah. to be an entrepreneur So now on the other side, when you figure out your why, you have to kind of unlearn those things Mm -hmm. and say, it's okay not to fit in. It's Mm -hmm. okay to talk about money. It's okay to like money. It's okay to want to be financially independent, right? It's okay to want to have a life outside of medicine. And that doesn't take away from my life as a physician. That makes me a better physician. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, no, it actually taught me the opposite that I've had to unlearn. (laughs) Yeah. So what initially attracted you to the money, the money and mindset? Is there something that happened with you? Yeah, I was broke. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That'll do it. I was broke. That will do it, right? Yeah. I mean, honest, on a more serious note, I knew nothing about money, zero about money. Mm-hmm. I pretty Something much else we don't learn in medicine, right? Yeah. Learn nothing about yeah. money. Even the idea of a 401k was overwhelming. I had nothing in my 401k coming out of fellowship. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was really just sitting down one day, looking around me, realizing that I truly, truly love medicine and I want to practice medicine for as long as I can or choose to. However, when I looked around me, there was a ton of burnout everywhere, Mm -hmm. like GI doctors burning out, having to choose between family and medicine. And I just realized at some point that I did not want that life for myself. Mm -hmm. I realized that I love medicine so much that I want to make sure I do everything I can to have a sustainability in medicine. So that's when I had to look at my finances, like this broke ain't gonna cut it, girl. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) So I started learning about finances from there. And that was about five years ago. And I definitely made a lot of progress outside of the mindset stuff. But I realized that there was only so much that I could grow. I was only, there were too many thoughts that I had about money that was limiting me. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that, you know what, actually, if I start to believe it, it actually gets to become a reality, right? I believed I could be a doctor and I became a doctor. Mm -hmm. I believed I could become a GI doctor. I truly, truly believed and worked my butt off and I did, right? So I realized that, huh, the same mindset stuff that's helped me in my training become who I am as a physician could actually help me in my financial life. So Mm -hmm. that's how I got into it. And I've been, you know, doing that for myself and other people. And it's pretty amazing, actually. So how has, do any thoughts similar to imposter syndrome come up for your clients when it comes to money? Oh my goodness, all the time. (laughs) All the time, right? And I, I mean, I work with women physicians and what I try to do is help them go from being financially overwhelmed and living 
from paycheck to paycheck to being financially confident. Mm -hmm. So when you think about people being overwhelmed, a lot of it is fear, right? Because we are physicians, we're more than capable but one, there's a lot of fear. And then number two, when you get into the money space, there aren't too many women there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're changing that. So literally, you're walking into a room and you see a bunch of like tall men that mm-hmm. look nothing like you. And it feels intimidating. So yeah. absolutely, for a lot of my clients, that comes up here, a lot of limiting beliefs. And that's part of what we work on. We work on their confidence, self-confidence, right? What you're like, I can learn anything. I can walk into any room. And then we go from there. Yeah. And what is the benefit of finding those thoughts, those limiting beliefs, and overcoming them when it comes to clinical practice, money, all of that? It is huge. And the way that I describe it is that there are many ways we can reach the same point. Mm-hmm. However, we can get there either feeling well or feeling like crap. And when we work on your mindset and your thoughts, it helps you figure out who you are, mm-hmm. number one, because that's the most important thing, your relationship with yourself. It helps you decrease the amount of external factors you need to validate you, right? And from there, what it does is you can start to address things like, for example, I told you I have a webinar today, specific webinar is only for primary care doctors and pediatricians. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because there's so much noise from all of us, the rest of us, yeah. and what we get paid or not get paid that pediatricians and primary care physicians end up having a lot of limiting thoughts and beliefs about Mm. their money world. You know, things like I can only make so much money. I can not retire. I can never get out of debt. I cannot take a nice vacation with my family. There is a maximum amount that I can earn, right? So Mm -hmm. those are all the things that I need to work with or work on as a coach to help my clients really start to believe their new truths and what they want to believe about themselves. And when they do, the actual action and plan is the easy part. Yeah. And it sounds like it's a lot of scarcity, scarcity mindset with money, which is interesting among physicians, but I get it. I mean, I'm the same way, but I think the problem is that scarcity mindset is pervasive. Like it's every aspect of your life and it's useful to just find it in one spot. And then you can realize, wow, I'm really thinking scarcity and on all these other aspects. You know, if you want to get me really excited, you bring up scarcity. Yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. And the reason why is because I love it so much because a lot of times too, when people hear scarcity, they think about you not believing you can get. Mm -hmm. However, I actually like bringing scarcity into other things. So for example, when a physician is burnt out and they feel like they're stuck with this, they hate their MD degree and they feel like they're stuck with this degree that they can't do anything with. Mm-hmm. That scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. You go to the store, you want to buy some stuff, you buy seven pieces of the same jacket. Mm-hmm. That's scarcity mindset, mm-hmm. right? So the fact that you under earn, that could be scarcity. So there's, it just shows up in so many different ways that I could write an, an entire book actually on scarcity mindset. And maybe I should. Yeah, but you yeah. should do that. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. <laughs> and time. Oh my goodness. Scarcity of time. Huge. Yeah, right. That's a huge thing right? for sure. So are you taking on, like, how do you work with your clients? Are you an individual coach or do you work in a group setting? So I do both. I currently offer one-on-one coaching and usually I do that over a three-month period. I also am part of master classes or masterminds with other coaches as well in the 
in different spaces, in the real estate spaces, mm -hmm. in the women of color spaces. But right now I do mostly one-on-one -on -one coaching, but I'm actually in the process of getting CME certified for a group coaching course that I'm going to be starting in November. Awesome. So I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you could get me all this information, I'll make sure to link it so that everyone I'm sure is really interested in getting to know you a little bit more. I always like to ask your favorite piece of advice, someone struggling with imposter syndrome or scarcity mindset or limiting beliefs? If there is one thing that I'm going to tell you, it's the fact that I hear you, I see you, I believe you, it's real. However, I want you to just dig deep inside and consider the fact or the possibility that there could be the, another option. That even if your truth is 98% certain and you think it is 98% certain, there's a 2% chance that there's something else, another option. And I want you to find it because it's there and it's waiting for you. And we need you here on the table. We need you here being awesome. We need you here being who you are because we literally need all hands on deck to save mm -hmm. medicine. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. yes, we need you here. So, work on it and find us we can help you that's awesome find your two percent i love it that's great advice well latifa it has been really wonderful talking to you i really appreciate your time you have a good rest of the night thank you so very much